0: Do you have a, like, weed collection? Do you collect anything?
1: Mm, Not really. I used to collect. But not as an adult, no.
0: My husband collects um,
1: licenses, like
0: photo licenses. Other people's. And his. He keeps all the old ones.
1: What? He collects other people's licenses? Yeah. Do they know that he's got them?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, like, I probably shouldn't say this, but his daughters lose their license all the time. Um, for different reasons. All they upgrade, you know. And uh, so he's got all those because I was just looking for a license, and he said, "Oh, you just go into my top drawer. I've got an old one there." And I've gone there, and there's like his dad's, mine, like the last ten years, all his daughters. I've so, just realised so how many licenses just, he has. But
1: there's not like random members of the public that he's collected their licenses.
0: No, but I'm sure that he would keep them if anyone gave.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Trading Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Welcome to the Tradies Business Show. Uh, at least I know I'm not the only unique individual on the
0: planet. He's not in fraud or anything like that. We'll have a um, yeah, yeah. bloody strain police force on our door in a minute. But it's And he actually has um, framed some. We have some, like, um, pictures of... <laughs> Like uh, our past, and it's like a big collage made, and there's the odd old, old Los- <laughs> license in there because
1: everyone likes to, to pull out the old, like the the driver's license and laugh at each other's photos. So, I guess you know, it's related oh, to I that.
0: I don't know what I've married, but anyway.
1: Uh, well, speaking of collections, uh, there's a bit of a segue into uh, our guest for today's show, and um, uh, Rob. Gerrish founded a uh, a community called Flying Solo as a website an online community, and they've collected uh, ninety thousand he said members wow. um, and these are all uh, basically sole traders um, micro businesses solo o- entrepreneurs um, people like you listening to this show essentially of uh, of sort of you know two or three employees, just that smaller business and um, it's this massive online community that Hang out together and swap stories, and it's almost as good as the tradies' business toolkit.
0: <laughs> um, nearly, however, uh, but one really good thing I love about the flying Soul is the community. But also, there's a lot of great articles mm. on the site that you can access, um, and some of
1: which written by Michaela and me. Oh,
0: that, well, that is right. <laughs> there are. If we
1: pulled our finger out yeah, and did it more often, yeah.
0: There are some other contributors, but you know, don't yeah, worry about yeah. them. But. No, there is some great, and it's how to nuts and bolts stuff, which I know a lot of our listeners really enjoy. So it's a great, great community. It was great to have um, Robert on the show today.
1: Mm, He had some great stories, and uh, it was a really good chat, actually. I really enjoyed today's interview, and I think you will too.
0: Yep. Lots of tactical ninja tips that we know you guys uh, look
1: Stuff you can actually execute. Yes. So enjoy. So joining us today at the Tradies Business Show is Robert Gerrish. Gerrish or Gerrish, Robert? I I have to get that right, mate. I think it's Gerrish.
2: It's Gerrish.
1: Gerrish, great. So from Flying Solo, now you're the founder of the Flying Solo community, Mm -hmm. which um, some of our tradie listeners might not actually be familiar with. So, Robert, uh, tell us a bit about who's Robert Gerrish and, uh, and what the heck is Flying Solo, mate? (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay, great. Well, look. Uh, so, Flying Solo is a uh, an online community um, to support. Uh, those people that are going it alone in business, so particularly solo businesses, but also, you know, anyone who's maybe in a very, very small business, maybe one, two or three or four people in the business. And um our reason for being is to supply support and resources and a place to kind of meet and commune online, to learn, to share stories, to pick up tips and to uh, yeah generally keep our businesses on track, keep uh, nice and happy in our work and move forward with massive prosperity and enjoyment
0: and i guess um a big thing that a lot of solo businesses don't have often that access to a like-minded community and network so how do you think a small business benefits from being part of a network such as yours
2: yeah okay well that's that's a good point i mean it's i think in uh to some degree, that, you know, you, we're perhaps skirting around the, uh, the word of isolation, which is often mentioned, <laughs> you know, when people work, um, by themselves. And it, it's actually, I don't believe it's quite the sort of issue for most, um, that some people would sort of have us believe. I think generally most people that work on their own, um, do so largely through choice. And most of them, I think, are pretty good at building their own, Little networks, I mean, most of our community are are working from a home base um, and the chances are in, in, certainly in most of our, most of our bigger towns and cities, you know, there might be two or three other home-based businesses, um, you know, just outside the front gate, basically. So I, I don't, I don't think it's a massive issue. However, what, what can certainly benefit a business is not just kind of communing with people, but it, as you rightly said, Michaela, is getting more in touch with like-minded people. Um, and I think that's, um, you know, where, We do that sort of most prolifically, if that's a word, um, is within our forums and I guess our Facebook community where people can dive in and ask questions and, you know, all day and all night do exactly that. Um, and form sort of bonds and relationships, be they offline or online. Um, so I think, you know, I think in this day and age, we've never had a greater opportunity to connect with people, whether it's through us or any other sort of systems. But, um, the, the first step is you've got to have that kind of desire to do it and take a, you know, take a step in that direction, I think.
1: And so how many people are we talking about in the flying solo community?
2: Well, if you look at the sort of counter in the header of our site, it's it's this. In the last sort of week or so, it's just shunted over 90,000. So, those are 90,000 Australian businesses. Wow. Um, it's, yeah, which is, you know, as I often say to my wife, look, if they all turned up at our house, you know, that's a lot of people. <laughs> that's um, a big party to cater for, mate. That's a big party. But look, it, I, I think it's, uh, I should also be, you know, realistic here that whilst a, a lot of people sort of register with us, because me- membership is free. And once people join with us, they can, um, you know, consume content and get involved in discussions, but it would not be, um, uh, truthful for me to suggest that ninety thousand people are in there talking all day every day. They're not, mm. you know. And in this day and age, with so many um, means of uh, of kind of sort of learning and broadcasting and getting involved available online, you know, we're all fighting for engagement. But I would say that within our community, uh, you know, we we try to keep measures of how engaged our audience are, and I reckon, you know, probably thirty to forty thousand of our members are fairly sort of active with us um, and then others you know come and go often it's people who've got a particular need they get an answer to that need and you know they're off back at work again so you know levels of engagement obviously vary.
1: Mm. So Robert I want to talk a bit more about the size of that community and perhaps some Mm. of the things that you've learned from that but before we jump into that how did Flying Solo come about?
2: Well, look. I'll give you the I'll give you the short version of this because I tell you you've opened you've opened a can of worms. And sometimes I, can oh, just I love run, doing that. I can, I can drone on for hours. But look, basically, I I uh, originally started it. I actually registered the name Flying Solo in uh, 1999, I think it was. So quite early in uh, internet days. And I have a background um in the sort of marketing industry, design and marketing, in, on the other side of the world in the UK. So I'd worked um, for many years as a uh, within a small marketing agency in London, and we'd helped smaller and generally larger brands, you know, um, get engagement with their audiences. That wasn't language that we used in those days, but um, you know, th- uh, that was my sort of background. And when I had the good sense to um, to rebuild and you know move my life to Australia, um, I was initially working. With sort of small creative companies, as i say i 've sort of come out of that background, and when I kind of landed here, um, I had some friends who i 'd got to know over the years, and they said, "Oh look, would you come and help us with our marketing and our positioning?" So I kind of did that and um, before long, I sort of realized that actually there was a whole group of people that were were the uh, the individuals, the independents the the solo entrepreneurs, the soloists. Where, and they weren't really getting particular support anywhere, so I started sort of focusing more on that area and um, was invited to write a regular column for the newspaper, if you remember newspapers. Um, <laughs> and I was then doing a little piece on uh, on local radio and then I was invited by a publisher to write a book. And it was all, and so I realized I was kind of onto something here. So I quickly registered flying solo. I had the good sense to team up with my first business partner, Samantha Leader, and we sort of wrote the, our first book together. And it just kind of, and then these things called portals came along. So we started writing content and publishing it online. And then other people approached us and said, Oh, can I put my content on your website? And I went, mm, Yeah, okay. And then eventually when Peter Crocker, our third partner joined us, He sort of pushed us to get a forum going because it was obvious people were trying to talk. So it was all, you know, if it sounds somewhat accidental, it sort of kind of probably was. But um, it was um, it was it was seated in a deep strategy. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we'll run with that story, Robert
2: yeah, okay.
0: And of course, engagement's up When Warwick and I are contributors as well To Flying Silas I'm sure you <laughs> see your numbers it's peak Absolutely, it's gone when- through the
2: roof Yeah, 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 yeah Look, it is, and it's very interesting you know, I love what you guys do I, I truly love it And uh, it's quite interesting Because what you've succeeded in doing Um, which we didn't succeed in doing was really engaging with tradespeople. Um, and you know, we've, we've not done that in the way that you have. And I think you've done it because you really, you know, you've drilled down so much further into a, a real niche, and you do it so perfectly. Um, and I think the way that you're doing the podcast again, so brilliant. People consume it whilst they're going about their work. You know, what we know is we often have the tradies, partners, you know, wives, friends, supporters, family. Uh, as our audience, but the tradies themselves—my goodness, they're a—they're a difficult group to get the attention of. And so, hey, all credit to you—you've done it. You're doing it.
0: We hear you. Yeah, yeah.
1: And g'day to all of our our listeners as well. Yeah. <laughs> we love how difficult you are uh, to deal with because we no, under- we understand look, you.
2: Yeah, busy guys. I mean, really, they—you know—they haven't got time to faff about. You know, reading all the mm. delightful things that we craft and write. <laughs> so they're, they're they're working. The phone's ringing. You know.
0: But I know there's certainly, um, it's something that I did speak to you on your team about a couple of years Mm. ago is perhaps looking at having more tradies actually contribute to the site and give their input. So if there is any tradies out there that would love to, um, you know, contribute what they've learned in business, and I'm sure there's a lot of, like you've said, your audience that would relate to that information so
2: bring it on please 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 if anybody's listening yes 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 um we'd we'd absolutely love that so there must be a number of people that are sort of off the tools now probably Mm -hmm. thanks to the work you guys do um that have would like to give back a bit well you know hey give it to us thank you yes come along we'd love to have um some contributions from tradies without a doubt
1: Great. Well, if, if you're sitting here listening to this podcast, gang, uh, and I know we've got a few uh, members of our uh, membership site and, and a few listeners who have done quite well in getting off the tools, please uh, get in touch with Mekata or myself. But, um, Robert, you, you talk about the size of this community and, you know, we chuck terms around like engagement uh, mm. and, you know, twenty or 30,000 business owners basically is a lot of people to have... I guess, communicating in a space where you can see what's going on and you can see what people are talking about. Yeah. Um, how do you, I suppose, sift through all of that um, chatter and pe- what's some of the, the things or the themes that you've seen over the years uh, with that community and what they've been talking about?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Well, look, the, the, I should probably just share with you a, a, a story that one of our um, community kind of wrote in our forums or um, well, it's an analogy. He he basically described flying solo as being like a pub or a cafe. So let's stick with pub for the moment. <laughs> and um and he said that basically flying solo is a pub, and we that is me and my wonderful crew of people that, that that work with us. Um, we're the custodians of the pub. You know, so our job is to keep the place tidy, keep the music at the right levels, keep the tables clean, throw out anyone that's really rowdy. Um, you know, just make sure that people have a, a, the right environment in which to feel comfortable, feel safe and feel that they can, you know, just talk. That's Mm -hmm. our job. Um, and it was, it was wonderful to read that. And, and I have personally a sort of a constant kind of line going through my mind, which is the community has the answer. Now, when we started, we were very much thinking that we had to do everything. Um, but in fact, as we've grown, we realise that we are custodians. We are managing the community, but the community are the goals. The community are the people that make Flying Solo what it is. You know, and our job is to say to tidy the, keep the place clean and tidy, make sure the lighting's nice, make sure the do all that sort of stuff. Mm. So. You know, the community has the answer is this, is this message I carry in my mind. And sometimes we'll see things that fire up in our forums or on Facebook and we'll go into a sort of quick huddle going, Oh my God, what do we do? What do we do? How do we respond? (laughs) By the time we, we get our act together, three or four people have responded and it's, and it's shifted. Yeah. And that's the wonderful thing about an active community is, is that as long as you, um, administer a community well, and moderate a community well, then it it runs itself largely. But to answer your question about how do we sort of keep an eye on things, well, we do it through moderation and through watching. So, you know, all the time we—I won't say it's twenty-four-seven—but we have every day at regular intervals a team of us. There's eight or nine of us now work within Flying cellar all around the country, all on different times. Um, we all monitor what's going on. So if there's something that isn't right or that's going off track a bit, um, we will dive straight in and, and correct it. If there's someone who's obviously flailing around a little, doesn't know what to do, we'll, we'll jump in and help them. Um, so it's just, it's watching. And that's what we all do. And it's, it's so rewarding to see how, um, independent business owners support each other. It is just astonishing and you know whenever if ever anyone's got sort of um you know worry about the the you know their faith in humankind just sit in and have a look at some of the discussions because some of the stuff that goes on is really lovely and occasionally you'll get the odd sort of you know less than wonderful person who pops in but um (laughs) same with the pub you know it happens (laughs) <laughs> and they get but, evicted um, quite quickly. They get evicted quite quickly, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and they and the good thing is when you've got the right environment, if somebody barges through the door and says, look at me, look at me, look at me, you know, buy my course, sign up for my email newsletter, look at me, aren't I great? You know, that person's going to look pretty stupid. Mm. Um, and they do, but they still do it, but, you know. Yeah, everyone has a crack eventually, I suppose. Yes, yeah, yes. And
1: I have to say, uh, you know, have to return the accolades, Robert, the 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 community that yourself and your team have built and maintained and fostered and the culture you've created within that flying solo community uh you, you know you guys have done an incredible job i mean mm. numbers aside just the actual uh, like you say that that sort of camaraderie amongst business owners with a common goal and a common interest mm. um is uh, is mind-blowing stuff mate so uh you thank know, you that's lovely you should be commended on that thank you um, so you must see some interesting stories, uh, you know, come out of that that community and out of your members, um, both you know, heartwarming and perhaps uh, gut wrenching. Um, mm. What do any come to mind that uh, you know really stand out for you as perhaps examples of both and and maybe the value in the flying solo community?
2: Oh, well, look, it, this will sound a bit sort of churlish, but you know it. Every week we see great things going on and we read of not so great things going on. Um, and the lovely thing of the way that we operate as a, as a team, those of us that work within flying solos, we, you know, we, ch- we chat during the day together. Um, we use Slack as our little communication tool and it's, it suits us really well. So uh, only this morning, um, uh, we had, uh, Paul, our moderator who's based up in your neck of the woods. Posted some really lovely conversations just to let us know, you know, some things that have happened overnight with um, a young lady who was getting involved in a in a retail business and was just speaking very openly about um, her concerns about things. And a couple of very nice sort of wise old owls popped in and and gave her some advice. And it sort of ended up, you know, just a fairly brief discussion, but ended up with her. F- just saying that she felt, you know, reinvigorated and clearer, and those, you know, those sort of things, little stories like that are happening all the time. We had, um, I remember last year as well, a, a really sort of heartrending story about with a, one of our members who was going through a really tough time um, with her mental health, and you know, as we all know, th- this is an issue that. Well, happily is coming to the fore in that it's being spoken much more openly, spoken about much more openly within our communities, be they business or otherwise. And, and you know, yee that we're talking openly about um, the importance of mental health in the way that we are. But we had, you know, just actually pop onto a forum and tell somebody or tell, you know, a lot of somebody that you're having a really tough time and you're really questioning, you know, your future on this planet is a really brave thing to do. And a young woman did that last year and just again received the most wonderful response. And when you first look at a post like that, you think, oh, how's this you know, you just kind of <laughs> well, you just feel the weight of this person. You think, you know, yeah. do we know enough to be able to to kind of run with this conversation? But you know, again, the truth is the community has the answer. And the community had the answer um and it was it was delightful to see so many people um jumping in and and um and sharing their experiences and reassuring this this young woman and um and you know the end result of it was that she felt heard and supported and was able to move forwards in a good way so yeah you know there's, there's plenty of stories like that and it's very good So
0: I'm a big believer in now is such a great time for small business owners. I mean, with things like the internet and technology and all that, it's never really been easier to have a small business, have a virtual team, you know, take your business offshore, all that kind of stuff. So Mm. how do you feel that, you know, the industry is going for small business and what do you think are some of the trends that's going to happen over the next few years?
2: Oh, that's a great question. Well, I I agree with you, but it's interesting uh, when I f- say I first registered um, the Flying solar domain name at the, you know the end of the last century, and pretty well every other day throughout you know the last however many sixteen years or so. I think I've heard myself say there's never been a better time. Uh, (laughs) You're not the only one. (laughs) No, so, you know, I think it's one of those things that, you know, the the three of us and hopefully a lot of your listeners as well, when you're running your own show and you're in control of your destiny and you can enjoy a freedom that is just, uh, uh, you know, uh, unknown by so many people in employment, you know, every day's another great day. Um, so, you know, that might sound a bit cheesy, but that's, that is my thought of it. So uh, are there lots of trends? Yes, of course there are. I mean, I think that as there are so many more opportunities, so there are, you know, everyone, or there's so many more other people that are able to seize those opportunities. So, you know, the, to be heard, to be seen, to be noticed, Um, is just gets more challenging. There's more pressure on us to do a decent job of it. And that's not a bad thing because it'll make us all – it'll turn us into, you know, kind of better people, I would say. In terms of um, trends, I mean, certainly this – what we've noticed, um, you know, quite a lot in the the last couple of years and it's going on more and more is this – the importance of really stepping into this kind of expert space and having the courage to say – I know what I'm talking about and I understand your concerns about my area of knowledge. You know, I'm sure I could have said that in a snappier way. But, you know, I do think that for for any of us, and, and I absolutely include tradies in this, you know, if I go through, a few years ago, if I went through the yellow pages, you know, I would find a lot of plumbers. If I go online, I will find a lot of plumbers. So the challenge is, well, okay, how do I stand out? How do I get noticed? How do I increase my my likelihood of, of being um, engaged as the plumber? You know, and that calls on us to not it's not it's less about getting to the top of Google although that although that clearly helps. It's more I think it comes back more and more to who are you? You know, authentically, who are you? How are you pitching and presenting yourself? How are you showing up? How are you handling things when you do show up? You know, it's all that sort of stuff. So I, I see in terms of trends, um, I guess, you know, in, again, that would impact your industry, massive sort of tech trends that are, just so wonderful you know the fact that you can turn up on site and kind of pull together a quote from the, that little device in your pocket and um, do it on the spot that you can invoice and get paid on the spot I mean my goodness how different is that to how it was a few years ago you know the fact that you can take a picture of a piece of guttering and send it to somebody and have it ordered and waiting for you as opposed to spending 40 minutes standing in a queue you know with all the other trades. you know it's I just think there are so many things that are just going to make that sort of stuff quicker, more seamless, better. But it also puts demands on us to embrace those technologies. And you know, don't be frightened of it, because these things do make our life and our businesses easier, smoother and more effective.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and things like um, live streaming and, and mm. all that kind of stuff, I think is really exciting for our uh, space in particular because yes our guys are on the job site all day they're not writing marketing material they're you know not having having access like a lot of say office workers yeah. um, but they can produce such powerful content. You mm. know, when they're on a job site and they see a mistake made by another tradesman or they do before and afters or they talk through, you know, a problem tree that they've found and yeah. or whatever it is, whatever issues, they can constantly be showing authority through what they're currently doing. They just need to get their phone out and record what they would normally be doing on the side or, or telling their customers. So
2: oh, that's s- just
0: one example of I think there's some massive opportunities there.
2: Yeah, look, you're so right. It's funny because um, I have a 16 year old son, and he's into skateboarding. Bless him. um, (laughs) Good luck with that. that. Yeah, good luck with that. Well, he's only he's the most limbs he's broken, so it's it's anyway he's getting the hang of it. (laughs) But he's pretty damn good. But he has this habit of skating um, over our front steps, and I keep saying, please don't do that. And sure enough, you know, day before he goes back to school, a big chunk of step comes out because he's clunked it with his (laughs) skateboard um you know so you know that's i've got to work out how to fix that so what did i do i went straight to google how do you fix chunks out of paving stone and watched a fantastic video of a guy it was actually in the u.s and um but it was just a a fairly you know down-to-earth guy who must have just propped his phone up on his wheelbarrow or something and just talked about how he fixes up steps and it was for me because i was that's what i wanted it was Captivating. It was like two minutes long. It was, you know, the audio wasn't brilliant. The footage wasn't brilliant, but boy, did it answer my questions perfectly. And basically, what it said was, get a professional to come and fix it, <laughs> you know. But that's, and that's the point is that what I think where a lot of people hesitate is they think, if I show someone how to do this, they won't get me to come and do it. Well, yes, they will, because what it shows someone like me, Joe Bloggs, who's, you know, got two right hands, um, is that I, I, I admire the skill of this person to do it and I don't want to do it myself, you know, but by seeing it and by this person showing me exactly what he did and how he does it has shown to me I need help. You know, And and I think that's where the opportunity lies, Michaela, just as you said. Shoot this footage and don't worry that people are going to run off and do it themselves. Some people might. Well, they were never going to come to you. But the ones that see it and think, I like the sound of this guy. I can imagine this guy being in my front garden for an hour and a half. I can imagine leaving this guy alone for my wife whilst I go off and do something and not be concerned. I can imagine leaving this guy in my house with my young child and not worry about it. You know, these are things that you get from video that you don't get in any other way.
0: And and what I also, and couldn't have said it better, I love how you see that as well, but, you know, this stuff's free. It's just their Mm. time. They're not having to fork out 30, 40 grand for a full Yellow Pages ad that happens once a year. You know, this is stuff they can be doing every day. It takes five minutes, you know, and if they're fixing a job or doing it anyway, just talk to your phone as if you're talking to a mate next to you. And like you've said, that's such powerful content
2: yeah uh, totally and and you know the the thing is so much of this stuff if somebody really wants the information they are they can be really forgiving, and what that means is you don't have to have professional lighting, you don't have to have professional audio, you don't have to spend hours setting it up you know it's just stick it up there get it going and you'll and I think most people will be surprised. And a 2-minute video that's got great content in it is better than 20 minutes beautifully produced that's just full of hot air, you know? It's it's so different to what it was a few years ago.
1: And consumers tend to mistrust perhaps slick productions, you know. They they'll mm. place more credence on something that is a little more authentic and raw. Yeah. Uh, rather than you know the the million dollar production where it's like, well, clearly they've done that in a studio and they're trying to sell me something.
2: Yeah, versus uh-huh.
1: old mate who's on a site saying, hey, hey guys, this is how you fix your step. <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely. And look, and look, part of me thinks the world's gone mad with with a lot of YouTube stuff because you know I was looking around for a particular pair of shoes that I'd seen in a shop and they didn't have them my size, so I googled it. And what do I end up watching? A video of some guy in California <laughs> unboxing a pair of those shoes. What, why? <laughs> why is he doing it? But more importantly, why the hell am I watching it? We've all why been am there. I, yeah, Why am I watching a 23-year-old guy unbox the pair of shoes that I want to buy? Yes. You know, but hey, you know, well, it's gone crazy really. But it's, it's, opportunities are boundless, absolutely, in that, in that area.
1: And and so much of this, uh, and we've spoken about this quite a bit on the show, and, and no doubt uh, the Flying Solo contributors have written about it numerous times. Is about our personal choice and our personal responsibility. You know, we really need mm. to take ownership of, uh, <clears throat> I suppose, of our outcomes and our actions. And rather than sort of lamenting that how confusing technology can be, and how tough things can be, and how many competitors there might be. Uh, is actually, you know, get off our backsides and yeah. um and take some action, take some positive action around doing something differently.
2: Yeah, and look, and I, I you know, we we run a big survey every couple of years at Flying Solo, and it's um, it, it's interesting that the so much you know you could read one from two thousand and eight or read one from last year, and if I swapped a few things around, you'd never know the difference. And basically what that means is that the the things that are keeping people awake at nights, the things that work, the things that don't work, pretty well don't change. No matter what's going on with technology, Mm. um, so much of the core, the basis of business um, doesn't change. And right at the top, still, every single time we run it, far and away ahead of anything else in terms of the thing that works best to grow your business is word of mouth and it's never moved it hasn't hovered or changed It's word of mouth is the thing people talking about what you do to someone else and it doesn't matter how sm- smickly you've painted your van how beautiful you've monogrammed your shirt you know how perfectly you've you've printed and designed all your quoting and everything else It's what does that person say about you to their next door neighbor That's what grows business. And that's the kind of thing that still so many people do so little to grow. They'll just they think that it's enough just to let word of mouth happen on its own. Well, we can give it a bit of a nudge. And that's what I would say to most small businesses, particularly tradies, is just make sure you're doing what everything you can be doing to foster word of mouth.
1: So, Robert, I, I'm going to jump in and ask the question that I know our listeners are sitting in their utes and uh, perhaps on the loo listening to this thinking, yeah, but how? <laughs> okay. Everyone says, you know, I've got to get more word of mouth, but how? Mm. I mean, are there some okay. simple things?
2: All right. Well, look, there are some simple things. I touched on a couple of them a moment ago. and Let's totally think of trade, tradesmen. I think of one of my favorite tradesmen. Um, is a guy who comes around and paints the interior of our house and of course he's how often am I going to see him once every well five ten years mm-hmm. ten years more likely you know me um, <laughs> and his name's Steve, but when I need the interior repainting again, I will contact Steve now why will I contact Steve? Is he cheaper than anybody else? No is he better than anybody else? No um but what he is is he's absolutely personable. my family all love him. You know, he from the minute he he first stepped foot in our house, uh, our son was three, I think, um, and the first thing Steve did is he bent down on his haunches and he said, "Hello, Jay. What do you like doing?" He talked to my son, and my wife and I sat there, thinking, "Wow, this is weird." You know, it wasn't <laughs> actually. We didn't think this was weird. We thought this is lovely. Now that's a man that knows that in a house, this little people. Uh, certainly to the wife are the most important things in that house Mm. you know if our house was on fire my wife would get our son a little bit before she worried about me (laughs) Right? And you know, I can live with that. She'd probably get her phone, then our son, and then she'd worry about.
1: <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to the show, <laughs> mate. Hope
2: no, and I'm joking, but you know that's one of the things. Steve, the minute he walked in our house, he—he, he, I remember, I remember, you know, this is from 13 years ago. He stood on the front doorstep. So he said, "Is it okay if I keep my shoes on?" Because he knows that some people like to take the shoes. And I said, "Yes, of course it is, Steve. Come in." Then he crouched down and said, "Hello. What's your name?" What? Now, and he did this. It was all genuine. This wasn't some, right? Number mm. one, ask about the shoes. Number two, yeah. bend down, talk to kid. It, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't done like that. Um, he was delightful. He, he knew that, um, when it comes to the interior of a house, the chances are the, this is going to sound ever so slightly sexist, but it shouldn't. The chances are the wife has probably got a little bit more consideration and thought about it than the husband has. So he immediately went into, How should I, where would you like me to stack your pictures when I do the wall, Mrs. Gerrish? How, where should I move the furniture to? He was just showing that he understood the concerns. My concern was how much is it going to cost and how quickly you're going to get it done. But he knew that the decision about a house, about a big thing like that, is made by a family, not by an individual. So we had a couple of people come around and quote, and we gave it to Steve and we gave it to him because of those things, not because he was cheaper. And have we talked about him to other people? Yes, we have. It got to the point where he ran me once and said, would you please stop referring me? I can't take any more work on. Just because I want people to share what this lovely guy is now yeah. take that compare that to um can't remember the guy's name an electrician that we had a few years ago who was you know when you meet people in business and you just know it's time they got out of their business <laughs> my goodness he's one of these people these he everything bad. was difficult everything was a pain oh god you really want it put all the way up there How am i going to reach hey it's a ceiling you're an electrician this shouldn't be the first time you've seen a ceiling <laughs> you know cope with it but yeah. everything was uh, uh, it was it was just like a you know a, a sort of atmosphere of vacuum. The minute he arrived in, every sense of enjoyment and fun was <laughs> <laughs> sucked, right sucked out, out of that. <laughs> Yeah, so you know those are the things that create word of mouth: is being personable, clearing up when you go. How many people hate it when the tradesman's gone? And there's, you know, they've done this token or they've got their junior just to go go around with a brush, mate, just tidy up a bit. And what do they do? They shuffle all the stuff sort of under the carpet or into the plants, you know, just enough that you still got to go and bend down and do it all yourself. It's that sort of detail is so important. And the last thing I would say on this um, is follow up. It's just following up. I remember, and it's hardly a tradesman, but when we... When we bought our house through um, a very well-known real estate agent, we bought it at a time when the market was going crazy. You know, So I always managed to buy property at the top of the market and sell it at the bottom. <laughs> you know, hey, Don't ask me how. You're just, but you're anyway. just helping
1: all the other investors, it.
2: <laughs> That's right. So this guy... Um sold this house to us there was no selling to do. We were waiting outside the house when he he arrived um you know we had we just it was we bought it before it even the marketing had started. It was one of those you know pre marketing open things and we just refused to move. We stayed on site until we'd managed to buy it so this guy really did not terribly much work. And we never, ever had any kind of follow-up from him whatsoever until two years later when the market had got tough. Do you know what? We got a Christmas card from him. Hmm. Wow. You know, two years, two Christmases later, and suddenly it's like, and I used to carry that around to small business presentations to kind of, I blotted the guy's name out, but just saying, look at this, making a mockery of it. That's not what you do. You know, that's not the way to do it. The thing is, when you've done that, if you're doing, say, garden landscaping, what's the first thing people are going to do when they've got a new landscape garden? Is they're going to invite their friends over and show it off. So, you know, maybe think about dropping around a voucher to the local butchers to get some snags for the Barbie or something. Or make a call round a couple of weeks later and going, just driving past one and make sure everything's going okay, you're happy. You know, follow-up is such a great thing to do. But too often we just kind of do the job and move on to the next and forget about it. That's not the way to do it.
1: It's funny. We talk about how technology is advancing and all these wonderful opportunities with live streaming and, and you know, as business owners, we need to absolutely be embracing those technologies and those advancements. But uh, time and again, you know, guests we have on the show, and you've certainly echoed uh, most of that, Robert, is the fundamentals are still... The, perhaps the best bang for buck things that you can be doing in your small business.
2: You yeah, I, t- I totally think so. And, and look, I'll just, as you can tell, I, I, I tend to bang on a bit. But, you know, we've got, um, I'll go back to a plumber, we've got a, um, a plumbing company that are prolific with their door to door drops. And I don't know how many fridge magnets I've had from these guys over <laughs> the years, but I, I'm looking at one now because it's just about to go in the bin. Um, and these guys, their marketing is slick, very slick. Emails, door to door drops, everything slick. However, two years ago, I needed a new water heater. I got three quotes, and theirs was double what other people's were. Um, so, and it was all when this whole solar heating thing and there was a bit of a scam going on, I think, as to um, you know how they. Anyway, I won't mm-hmm. go into all that. But suffice to say, they blew it totally. Um, and. Uh, And what I see now, and it wasn't just that it was a little bit more expensive, it was double. Um, And so what I see now is I just see all this ritzy marketing stuff coming from them. And I think, really, haven't you worked out that I haven't worked with you at all for two years? You know, you're still sending me all this stuff. That's just some – I hope, they, frankly, that they end up just going broke because they're doing too much of it. Whereas what somebody could be doing is just saying, hey – I've noticed you haven't worked with us at all for a couple of years. Did we do anything wrong? And I'd love to say, well, actually, yes, you did. Mm. You know, but people don't do that. Instead, what they're doing is they're sending me bigger fridge magnets and more of them. <laughs> you know, I just think, you know, that's that's not the way to go.
1: Yeah, I uh, I worked with an electrician who's part of a franchise, a national franchise, and uh, similar thing, you know, he had a lot of people that he – Had done work for over a couple of year period and hadn't spoken to them, hadn't heard from them. And we just uh, gathered up as many email addresses as we could to keep the cost down and just dropped a a personal email out that said, Hey, uh, you know, we did some work for you a while back. Um, We haven't heard from you. You haven't heard from us. Just wanted to make sure everything was okay and let you know that, you know, we've got a couple of new guys on the team. We now do this, that, and the other. And Mm -hmm. he got an insane amount of work from that instantly just because he said, Hey, uh, in a personal way, it wasn't a, a big flashy campaign with a video and a super special offer and buy now. Mm. Uh, but it really was just um, tapping into that thing that people buy from people they like.
2: Yeah. Well, just imagine if, you know, and would it be true to say, and this, this is a question to you two, would it be true to say that a reasonable proportion of tradies do have their spouse, their wife, their partner doing a lot of the admin sort of for them? Is that is that quite common? It's a pretty typical model, yeah. Yeah, okay. So just imagine if the day after the, my plumber had left, if his wife rang me up and said, look, just following up with Steve who was over with you yesterday, did he leave the place in a good state because I'm just keeping an eye on him? Now, you know, you could imagine somebody doing something like that, something similar to that in a, quite a fun way um, and, and learning a lot. You know, were you happy with his work? I'm just, you know, between you and me, were you okay with it? I'll tell him. I'll, I want to sort him out when he gets home. You know, just that sort of stuff. It's, it's a kind of activity that would, would really give people an insight into how is this being received. Or, you know, I can imagine, and if that conversation is going well, they're saying, well, look, yeah, you know, we've got a couple of young kids now. With just bear in mind, if you've got anybody else that's looking for work, gee, it'd be great if you would pass this on. Thanks so much. You know how how hard is that to do that kind of stuff? Mm -hmm. It's not hard, but how many people do it? Not many.
0: Well, I I always say mention that to people. You know, follow up see how their job Mm. went. Oh yeah, but what if they want something was wrong with it, or what if they want me to go back? Well, well, you should want to know that, you know. (laughs) Uh, And if your work's not good enough, then you shouldn't be in business. You know, if if you're worried about the complaints you're going to get, rather than people actually saying yeah you did a good job, you know, ask for referrals.
2: Uh, look, uh, that's so true. And, you know, you one of the things I know we were chatting about before we started recording about, you know, what what can big small business learn from big business? You know, this is one of those things. Like uh, A lot of us now buy stuff online, yeah? We buy things, products, you know, my shoe. You know, I mentioned those shoes a few minutes ago. Well, mm-hmm. funnily enough, as we've been speaking, I've seen they've arrived. There's a courier and they've delivered them. Now, I guarantee you when I go and open that box, there will be a big envelope in there that will make it incredibly easy for me to send them straight back again. Incredibly easy. Now, five years ago... You try and send something back and the people who sent it to you would make it unbelievably hard. Send, you haven't can you please send a fax a copy of your receipt across? <laughs> you know, they'd make it so hard, you'd have to jump over so many hoops you think, Oh forget it, I'll take it down to Vinny's and not worry. Whereas now they make it really, really easy. Now, are they all being swamped with returns? No, they're not. And there's a parallel here, I think, with with you know what we were just talking about is and you're quite right Michaela if you're if you're scared of what people's going to say then that's pointing to something wrong with your your service and your system that you need to shift because that is you know again another thing it's it's an old sort of additional small business but my goodness it's right the people who complain are the people who care yeah. you know the only people who will speak up and go well actually did leave the room in a bit of a mess um if someone's actually got the courage to say that to you then it's because they care. And your response to that would be, Oh, I'm really sorry. Do you want me to pop back and fix that up for you? And they'll, the, nine times out of ten, the person will say, Oh, no, it's okay. I've done it now. But, you know, the fact that you've heard them and you've listened to it. And then maybe next time you go in, Dave says, Oh, yeah. And by the way, I'm not going to make a mess this time. I'm sorry about last time. You know, there's an opportunity in everything. We, but if we, if we stick our head in the sand, then, you know, we'll miss it.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And I love this story that um, you're just talking about online shopping, and I forget mm. the company, um, icon- Iconic or maybe one of those, and yeah. they'd bought a coat. And they rang up and said, look, the coat doesn't suit or whatever. They want to return it. Mm. And the company said, that's okay, go donate the coat. We don't want it back. <laughs> and... You know, and this one was so impressed Hmm. that this company said, No, no, we don't want it. You go donate it to somebody that needs it. You know, that story went viral and was, you know, great publicity Mm. for that company, even though I can't remember the name. But it's just that not that mentality of thinking small, you know, going, Oh, just they're complaining again. And, you know, I don't have time for this. And I know I left it the right way. It's just accepting that your customers are telling you something and taking advantage of that. And I know we did a, an episode a couple of weeks ago called hug your haters and mm. you know about why you should want to get bad reviews yeah you know and why you That's should great. yeah and why you should want to get them so you can improve your service and then thus grow your business
2: yeah and it's it's funny you know i've i've sort of um you know i so say there's a group of us now eight of us within flying center that all do various things and we so we come together and we work how we want to work and it, it's just is quite delightful, but one role that i 've never seen to have shaken off is if there 's anything that goes if any individual gets completely offsided by something it doesn 't matter what it is. it might be a comment they read somewhere it might be a disagreeing with an article it might be a book that never arrived um, me i or i 'm the bloke who picks up the phone and rings them <laughs> and that 's always what i 'll do so if you 're listening if anybody 's got anything they 're unhappy with. <laughs> Test out the system, you'll be hearing from me. <laughs> I, I, I always ring them. And, uh, and, it's, and I've, I actually love to do it, not only because it makes me look so heroic in front of all my colleagues because none of them want to do it, but absolutely 9.9 times out of 10. Someone who is absolutely spitting and spewing, when you speak to them and you listen to them and you acknowledge, it will turn into some of the best love you'll ever get. Mm. Um, and every single time without fail, that happens. You know, we ran a webinar a couple of weeks ago and through, um, well, I'm sure she won't be listening to this. I think it might be user error. The, um, the lady on the other side of the country thought it started at 4am and it started at, um, 8am her time, but she was there at 4am and she wasn't happy that we weren't. (laughs) Um, and you know, and you can understand that. And she was mad. She was, you know, as I would be at four o'clock in the morning and firing off emails and all sorts of things. So I rang her a little later in the day and, um, and, and profusely apologized. I did not make her wrong, even though I'm sorry, but she was wrong. <laughs> um, but uh, I just I apologized profusely. And I said to her, look, you have my, um, uh, you know, you, I'd like to tell you that you can knock off work early this afternoon right just close your shop and go home early and I obviously <laughs> said it's a joke but um it was lovely and she was so you know she wanted to be heard and so often when people complain is they're the people that care and they want to be heard so yeah, you know, we've got to listen i think loving your haters or whatever the word what, the phrase was you just said michaela is, is a is a great topic
0: yeah give them a big hug <clears throat> hug your haters <laughs>
2: yes hug your haters hug your haters yeah. so
1: robert uh you've said a few times that you you can bang on a bit and i know michael and sorry. i can do the same no no don't be sorry mate we we love <laughs> we love a guest who can bang on but uh less work for us you see <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our listeners don't have to listen to us for an episode right. um but mate uh, there there is one question that we like to ask all of our guests uh and that is if you had a 1000 tradies in a room uh, a captive audience what 's perhaps one piece of advice that you would just be desperate to leave them with wow,
2: gosh that's interesting isn 't it well, I would have to say it would it would it would go back to um the word of mouth is is i would I would be saying to all of them, um, just think about who really, really values your service who the people that do speak about you to other people." Um, the, and when did you last have communication with those people? You know, it's far far easier to grow our base um, using the sort of advi- advocates or champions that we already have around us than to continually be finding new people. So it's a little bit like you know, kind of what was that song? Love the one you're with. It's yeah. it's just take take a moment to sit down and think who are the people that in the course of my business. I know have spoken about me positively to others and look at your relationship with those people. You know, when did you last speak with them? When did you last make a fuss of them? When did you last um, <clears throat> sit down with them and, and ask them questions about what's going on for them in their life and their business and share what's going on for you? You know, it's so much, so so often I think the, the real future opportunity for our business um, is already exists within the relationships we have around us whereas too many businesses i think are focusing on the new all the time how can i get new people how can i get more people Uh, i would say i'm a bit old school in this sense i'd say pull back a bit look at the people around you how can you reinvigorate and recharge some of the people that are already doing work doing your selling for you
1: Such great advice. So, Robert, I'm pretty sure that after listening to today's episode, there'll be a bunch of tradies out there who would love to become part of the Flying Solo community, uh, and uh, they should definitely go and check it out. What's
2: the best way for them to do that? Well, quite simply, just head along to flyingsolo.com today. You'll see um, join buttons and join call to actions all over the place. And is for say it's free to join us. Uh it takes a couple of seconds to do it. Um so please do just come along and join us. We won't um spam you, we won't take advantage of you, we won't bombard you. And um, you know, we'd we'd love to have more people join us. And if you're this kind of person that likes to share experiences, you know, our forums are ready and waiting for you. So Come along. You don't. You can even sign in using a, you know, a, a, a sort of a, a you know, your own little nickname, so that you can share things without without people knowing exactly what the name of your business is, and it's that can be a good way to, you know, just get things off your chest and um and also lend a bit of support to others who you know could benefit from some of your own wisdom.
0: And I've also found that a lot of members look for other members as well uh, if they need work. <clears throat> like we said, there's not a lot of tradies on mm. the platform. Um, so certainly, you know, you can build your own profile and, and talk about what you do and participate. And just another way of, you know, getting good online word of mouth out there as well.
2: Yeah, of course. And, and that's, that's so true. And, um, you know, the important thing as well, particularly with forums, is – is the statistics kind of run that if there's, if there's 10 people involved in discussion, there are 90 people lurking, watching and reading. So there's only one in 10 people actually gets involved in discussion. The rest are all reading it and watching it. So it's a wonderful way to get to know people and for people to get to know you, you know. So if you're, you know, if you're, no matter what your trade is, if you're talking about, um, you know, how you manage your day, how you manage work and family, how you cope with pressure, all of these sort of things. You're, what you're doing is you're exposing, you're showing people who you are. And as I say, when people come to making a decision, who do I want in my home, the chances are they're going to want someone in their home that they actually like and they're interested in that they can connect with. So it's not just about coming along and banging on about what you do, but it's coming on and talking about who you are.
1: Awesome. Well, Robert, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, thank you very much for your time, mate. And, and pleasure ag- again. Uh, congratulations on on uh, building Australia's number one uh, community for small business owners, mate. For uh, soloists, it's fantastic. Thank
2: you. That's so kind. I'm going to get out and go and have a look at that paving stone.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, thanks again, mate. Thank okay. You. Thank you. Bye.
0: So. Great interview with Robert. I think there's a lot of takeaways for our listeners in that. Uh, if you want to be a lurker,
1: a lurker, yeah, or what maybe
0: a- <laughs> the ten percent of our members that actually contribute, uh, but uh, you should join our tradies members toolkit.
1: Mm. So uh, just go to tradiesbusinessshow.com dot com forward slash toolkit, uh, or you could just go to the main site. You'll find it anywhere. You could go to tradiesbusinesstoolkit.com. dot com. We've pretty much got you covered. But um, yeah, you can actually join a community specifically for tradies and tradie wives. So you know, it's it's for it's for both genders, uh, but. You know, we, we do have some active members in there. and It was kind of interesting hearing that about, you know, 90% of people are just lurkers.
0: <laughs> we would like to say that's not the case in ours, that it's a lot higher, lower than that. <laughs> but, well, no, yeah. we do have some great active members. And uh, so join Flying Solo and ours, so you get the best of both worlds.
1: Absolutely. So uh, thanks for tuning in to the Tradies Business Show. Great to have you with us. And uh, we appreciate your reviews and feedback as well. Um, Make sure you uh, check out our Facebook pages. And we look forward to bringing you another episode next week. Bye. Bye -bye. You've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at com.